checking the sound wave. Great. Just just making sure because last uh, time we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> Yay to no technical difficulties. Yep, I'm I'm back in my crystal clear microphone with my interface and everything, so we're good. All right, welcome to Active Discourse, a multi-platform technology podcast. I am Brett, the overthinking Apple co-host. And I'm Bo, your Android-having, station-playing, Apple-lurking co-host. <laughs> An active discourse is now never longer than 45 minutes, so let's get started. So to start with follow-up, PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility. You added this in here, and I was not following this. What did you find? I did. I was sneaky about it. Uh, well, since we discussed it uh, previously, I thought I would follow up on it because there was some clarification just recently. Uh, Sony says that at the moment, there are only 10 games that won't be compatible. So Sony's okay. uh, PlayStation website has an article on backward compa- compatibility, and uh, there's only 10 games that won't be compatible. Uh, the too, too Long Didn't Read is that there's probably only going to be like three people in the world who are upset about those 10 games. Sure. I'll share this. The support document, this awfully black and white support document in the in the show notes here. Um, yeah, not many no- names I recognize. I recognize Hitman Go though. Um, but that I, yeah, that one is interesting. I mm. actually think it's more to do with licensing. Yeah. Than oh, actual development. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Hitman Go is a mobile version though. That doesn't seem like a. Yeah, it's also available on the Play Store. So that's a just, that's just a weird one, weird one in general. So okay, yeah. well, hey, so yeah, all the PlayStation Four, most PlayStation Four games will be backwards compatible. That's good. So you'll get to play your PlayStation Four games. Huzzah! And actually, actually, I will plug another thing here. Sure. If you're if you already have a PS Four and you're looking at getting a PS Five, look into the games that give you a free upgrade to the PS Five, because fun fact ps5 disc version will be 10 bucks more expensive than the ps4 version but if you get the free upgrade they'll be exactly the same clever i would imagine many developers won't be offering that but i guess uh, there's some are. actually a fair few where you'll get a free upgrade so it's definitely worth looking into is there a game that you're going to get that is going to do that um i don't remember them offhand oh, but you are i am completely unprepared for this moment <laughs> but you are though you're you have a game that you're that you're interested in that's going to be available yes in there's a four th- and five. right so i'm going to get the ps4 version and then use that uh free upgrade to get all the nice bonuses that uh the ps5 version will have sweet well smoke them while you got them because probably won't exist for much longer <laughs> so speaking of things that won't exist for much longer i have a uh, follow-up to do on my Apple Watch Series 6. So, last time, we talked a lot about uh, the wearables, the new wearables that we have in our lives. And um, the biggest thing with the Series 6, since I've been using it over the course of the last month, um, to me, honest to God, is the always-on display. So that was available last year with the Series 5. And I think it's appropriately rated. Last year, a ton of people talked about the Series 5, and they absolutely loved it for the always-on display, and I never really understood that. Like, I I don't, I never really had too much of an issue getting my Apple Watch to display the screen, but, you know, when working out, is it is actually quite nice to not have to worry about, you know, making sure that you do the absolute right rhythm with your 
watch in order to make the display go on. And that's that's nice. All I have to do is glance down and there it is. Hasn't there been moments, though, where you've just been sitting there and you just had to oh. look and you, you didn't have to turn your wrist? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's nice, isn't it? I'm glad I waited, uh, but I can see why it was worth it for most people. So so uh, one thing that actually did surprise me the most, though, is the fact that the processor speed, I actually do notice that um, more than I expected. Apple didn't really talk about the processor speed at all. Um, also, the Wi-Fi speed as well. They didn't talk about that pretty much at all. But um, things do move quicker than my Series 4. I definitely do notice the difference between the two. Um, it's not as big of a difference as the series one to the series four that was a a world of difference this is a difference a, a good difference um podcast download faster so i frequently uh load have to download a podcast before i go for a run and sometimes i'm waiting for like i'm waiting for a good like five minutes or so typically just to make sure that the damn thing downloads and um i'm able to basically just click play and it almost immediately goes it's 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 pretty great Serial loads quicker, absolute quicker, and um, it's noticeable. It's good. Okay, so let's talk about colors. The the really important part. Uh huh. It's what everybody's waiting for is the colors. We exactly. Like colors. It, colors are great. So last time we talked, uh, the gold. I'm really impressed with the color of the uh, the gold Apple Watch. I think I talked about this last time, but I really want to emphasize the fact that it has a ton of personality. Like when you have it in bright sunlight. It is a bright yellow gold and it's absolutely gorgeous. But when you are in a dark, a darker room, like you have your lights on at night and you're you're going to bed, um, and you have warmer lights on, um, those warmer lights actually make the watch look silver. And so, depending on the lighting around you, it looks mm-hmm. the the color changes. It's really freaking cool. The same Nifty. can be said about the blue one as well, and. I now have experience with the blue one as well. Um, so the blue one in bright sunlight is a really beautiful, bright royal blue. Um, but in non-direct sunlight, like, again, in, in your bedroom with warm bedroom lights on, it's black. So it gradients from blue to black based off of the ambient light that it's in. And right. It's really, really cool. Like, the space gray um, color is supposed to be the black color. But in the right sunlight, this is black. Like this, this thing is black when um, it's in the right color. So it's it's cool. Um, it has a slight semi gloss finish to it, um, unlike my previous Apple Watch where I could not see you know basically any reflections on it at all. I can kind of see a little bit of a reflection on it. So it's not you know shiny like the gold, but um, you know it's it's ever so slight. So yeah, that, that's in contrast to the Galaxy Watch Three, which I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a dual matte and glossy finish to it. There's parts that are more matte. They still reflect a little bit, but then there's other parts that are like mirror finish almost. Yeah. I think it would be pretty cool if Apple did, when they make a major redesign at some point, it'd be cool if they did something like that within the um, watch space where you have multiple different elements, whereas currently the Apple Watch is just a small smartphone on your wrist. I think it would be cool to, for them to make a real timepiece. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing on the colors. So I did try to look at what the gold Milanese loop, loop looks like on the blue watch, and it just looks terrible. Look up the gold Milanese loop on um, on Google. You'll find it. I'm going to bing it. Is that okay? Go for it. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, um, it just looks terrible on the uh, on the blue watch. I might decide to get a um, really a black Milanese loop on it because uh, the black uh, or graphite, whatever they're calling it these days. I think a I think a silver or a, a dark gray would look pretty cool with it, but meh, we'll see. So the big question here is whether or not the uh, gold ups a price is worth it or not so let's let's look at the prices here the apple watch that i bought uh previously the gold was 749 just for the um for the apple watch itself not even not considering the milanese loop we're taking this out of this equation entirely you can get a apple watch series 6 aluminum for 430 so that is the cost difference of about $320, okay? What exactly do you get for $320 more with the gold than the aluminum one? And I have decided that you get very, very, very little, and it is not worth an additional $320 in 2020 anyway. I mean, it's just the finish, right? It's literally just the finish. Uh, well, yeah. it's just the finish. It does have a different screen uh, coating on it as well. Um, instead of it being made of glass, it's made it's made of sapphire. So it's it's hard. It's really hard to scratch. It's a little bit more crack prone, but it's r- impossible to scratch. But it's just the okay. finish. That is all. It is literally just style. So, and that's fine. You know, Apple has the. If people want to be stylish, that's that's totally fine, and I don't fault them for that. But $320 to me was not worth it. And so I'm going to run by a few things that are about $320 by you, and I want to know what you think about how does this make you feel, essentially. So for $320, you could buy an Apple Watch SE. You could buy a whole other Apple Watch if you wanted to. You can buy, uh, You could almost buy the Apple Watch Link Bracelet, you could buy the silver one, though. You can't buy the black one. The black one's $450. The Apple Watch Link bracelet is $350, so it's close. Missed it by that much. Yeah, just just so close. You could buy a baseline iPad. Um, the baseline iPad is roughly $330. However, you cannot afford the Mac Pro wheels. Those are $700. Those are all Apple products. Let's look at a few non-Apple products. The Xbox Series S. You could buy an Xbox Series S for the difference between an Apple Watch aluminum and an Apple Watch stainless steel gold. You could buy a Pixel 4a. You could, I think you could probably buy an Oculus Quest. Uh, you could get three Michelin tires. You could get roughly about 160 gallons of gas, which uh, if you get 27 miles to the gallon, that's 4,320 miles that you could drive on $320. At current gas prices. At current gas prices. <laughs> That goes up and down, depending on whether or not gas prices go up or down. So Right. <laughs> uh, that's, that does, that's a disclaimer for people in the future where they no longer use gas. Yes, right. right. <laughs> my, my only real question here is on your list of non-Apple products that you could buy for $320, you list three Michelin tires. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to buy three tires? Well, what if there's a buy one, get one deal or a buy three, get one free deal? There's, 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 those deals happen all the time. <laughs> you, get, you replace your uh, the two in the front of your car and then have a third for a spare, I suppose. You're supposed to replace all four at the same time is my point. So Right, 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 right. Just a little strange. But hey, it, it's price point. What if, what if you really run over some 
uh, some spikes, and you happen to only run over three. Like you were literally leaving the store with four new tires and (laughs) ran over spikes, but it only broke three tires. Yeah, maybe. So then you just have to buy three more. Well, good thing you didn't get the gold Apple Watch. Right. Because now you can can just get your three replacement tires, (laughs) and you, you... you broke out even basically exactly exactly so you know we we avoided that issue there i i now have 300 extra dollars that i could use i feel bad because i actually heard about how apple recycles their returned products and they basically throw it all away (laughs) or recycle it all anyway which is a lot of wasted energy and time and whatnot but i'll have another thing to say about e-waste in a second here but um yeah the galaxy watch 3 How's it going? I really like it. So there's a couple things first before I get to the overall impression. Yeah. The charger for it is terrible. I hate it. (laughs) It really frustrates me. It makes me really angry at night when I go to put it on the charger. (laughs) Um, Because compared to the one that I had with my Gear S3, the cord is too short and the charger lays flat on the table, which I know is how the Apple Watch one has been at least, you know, for maybe the whole time. I don't know. But... The, the Gear S3 one was a standing cradle, mm. which was really nice because I could just set the watch down on it and then the face would be facing me at night. It also didn't come with an adapter, um, just the cord. So thanks, Apple. Hey, now. That's some hey now. e-waste thing. Hey, now. Hey, now. Samsung did that before this all went down. Eh, I'm not playing. It's Okay. And Samsung has their <laughs> Samsung in their own right can offer an adapter all they want. I'm not I'm not saying Apple is a saint in this instance. I, not it's not just Apple. The whole thing is dumb. We'll talk about it later. But it's just a USB block. You have many thousands of USB blocks. You don't need another USB. We'll block. talk about it later. All right. Uh, all right. The <laughs> ECG, the ECG, uh, which is a new thing on this generation of watches. Uh, yours has it as well. Yeah. Um, it's at least on mine it's really finicky to use like i had mm-hmm. to activate it and then it tells you to rest your finger on the top right button mm-hmm. and i was doing that but and i'm supposed to hold it there for 30 seconds but i never made it through the whole 30 seconds it would always stop and say stop moving keep your <laughs> finger on the button weird and I, the furthest i got was eight seconds weird and it kept resetting on me that is not the experience i ran into yeah, Steph mentioned that too because she's got she's got uh, an Apple Watch. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I move too much, or my finger doesn't work mm. for it. No idea. Uh, overall, though, the, the device is great. the The thing is, it's it's just not too different from the Gear S three. Sure. So it might not warrant an upgrade for most people, depending on which device you're coming from, or if you have one at all. Um, mine, my gear S three, the battery was going bad. So that was what kind of prompted me to get it. But if you already have a previous Samsung watch or an Apple watch or something toss up, I suppose. Um, I don't know that the features are too different. It is speedier. It does feel speedier. Um, as well. It should a little smoother aside from the ECG. (laughs) Yeah. Which is perfectly fast to fail. That's crazy that if you had like a perfectly good condition gear S three that you would might even return your galaxy watch three like if it was perfectly in working fine working fine condition you probably would return it huh i would consider it yeah wow um i mean there's just not it's not like there's any real new features um the way i use it has not changed at all 
So, so we have uh, two more topics to talk about today. We're going to talk about Sony smartphones, and we're also going to talk about a major Apple event that happened very recently. So let's start with Sony smartphones. Let's. Yes, just to you know, bury the lead even further. <laughs> <laughs> Sony is obviously the headliner here. So I'm giving Twitter a shot a little bit, and I decided to um, share a link with you on Twitter instead of via text message just to see what that's all about. And I shared recently with you a video from MKBHD, a video about a recent Sony phone that he received. And he talked about why don't people buy Sony smartphones? I don't even know if you, dear listener, knows that Sony makes a smartphone. Um, Bo, you're about to buy a PlayStation that is made by Sony, and you might even consider a TV someday that's made by Sony. They're a big name. Correct. And yet yes. they're not a, a, a player in the smartphone area, and they're way less than they ever have been previously. It's as if they don't want to do it. But apparently they make quite good phones. That's what he was talking about. So, Oh, wait. <laughs> so, totally. It's like we haven't recorded for a while, and suddenly all my recording etiquette is just out the window because I just <laughs> popped open a can right while you were talking. Nice. But no big deal. <laughs> uh, why do you buy Samsung phones instead of Sony phones? What? Samsung has like a ton of software features. That's the thing. Like they have a ton of features that just no one else has. Is it Dex? Is it the Microsoft Sony Samsung integration? What is it? What features is it that you look for? So Samsung Pass is really nice. It's really well integrated into the OS, um, which is their password manager. So it you can use the fingerprint sensor or biometric sensors. Um, to get a password or a login for an account works with apps works in the their internet browser app and and just a lot of the kind of customization stuff that they've done they have uh this app called goodlock which is not a particularly good name because it's not <laughs> like a replacement lock screen or something okay it's basically it's basically an app that collects other apps that customize certain parts of the device so you can get one where you can change the position of the clock from in the the um, status bar from left to center or right and just a bunch of things like that and and ways that even change how the phone kind of works like how multi-window works or how your recent apps looks and actually one of them got moved out into a separate app i think uh, that where you can change the the sound panel and how that works so Samsung does really well at making stuff like that. Yeah. Their software has come a long way, and I actually really like their interface these days, too, with One UI. Yeah, true. And that's not even getting into things like DeX and and wireless DeX these days. Yeah. Um, and I guess one thing when I was watching the MKBHD video was the fact that the Sony skins look relatively just pared down. It doesn't really look over-engineered and they more or less just took mm-hmm. what google made and went with it and yeah they're very yeah. stockish yeah stockish and that's that's it very good that they finally went that direction because me- i remember many years back that that was not sony's uh mo and their skins are terrible and so i'm glad they stopped doing that and i just don't necessarily think outside of some of the enthusiast level stuff that i don't think that sony would really make software like you're talking about there like i don't think sony would make a password manager at all like they would just rely on one password last pass etc but samsung for whatever reason chose to make it and you like it and that's good so that's Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting you say that because one of the things that MKBHD pointed out was that Sony implemented this interesting bass boost feature. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Where, yes, I do. So you, you can, I think it's off by default, I would imagine. It's off, it's off by, by default, default yep. but you can turn yep. it on and it, it uses your phone's vibration to boost bass in yep. a way. Yeah. Like it'll vibrate to the, to the bass levels of the song. Uh, like MKBHD says, you'll probably want to turn it off and on depending on scenario, but yeah. um, it's interesting and it's kind of cool, but yeah. I wouldn't say that Sony's entirely opposed to doing things like that. I just, they, they don't put in the resources because they're not getting sales and they're not getting sales because they're not putting in resources, maybe. Yeah. I And I think that they would probably put it in with the areas that they can differentiate themselves. Like for example, they would likely put in some pretty good place. I, I actually don't know this by the way, but I would think that they would put in some pretty good PlayStation software in mm-hmm. there. Um, what yeah. I do know based off of um, his video is the fact that they put some pro level camera features in there, which yeah. does look very nice. And being the owner of a Sony uh, mirrorless camera, Oh, I do like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, they do have some really cool camera features where you can get down yeah. to kind of a minute level of of controlling things. Like uh, like in the video, MKBHD talks about uh, focus racking. Yep. So you oh, can so set two areas of focus and swap between them. So the camera will uh, change focus or or blur out different parts uh, yeah. of of the image. And that's not something that phone cameras do really. So for Sony to put in that level of adaptability and, and for for the user to be able to change that, that's kind of cool. I, I don't know how much usability it has, but it's it is cool. I get the impression that the the Sony smartphone team is much more closely related to the mirrorless camera team than the PlayStation team, just based off of how they built their their smartphone. Um, so their the hardware that they built in, and you know we're hardware guys on this on this show. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the hardware for this bad boy, which is a super wide display, a 21 by nine display. Um, it has a headphone jack. It also is I, this is rare. This is it has a 4K display at 120 hertz. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Which is nuts. Oh, that's crazy. I, I bet it's incredible to look at. Yeah, but yeah, battery life probably takes a hit. Uh, but again, I mean, on all these phones, you can set it to a lower uh, resolution. Yep. Yep. So I think my my S9 has been on 1080p since I got it. Yeah, because you have a 1440, don't you? Yeah. Um, what do you think about the super tall display though? Because it's super tall and skinny and um, might be hard to hold. I don't really have an issue with the ratio, but I don't know how it would feel to hold it and try to get to different areas of the screen. Yeah, it would feel it would feel pretty different. I would be curious to know whether or not it um, feels good in the long term. It looks pretty mm. cool, and it might be fun to just you know play around with in Best Buy. But I, I yeah. don't know. And it's I do like the tall. aesthetics of it. Oh yeah, it's, it's a great looking phone. It also has a headphone jack. It's a I think the last super <clears throat> premium product uh, that has a headphone jack. <laughs> when you look for your next phone, do you need a headphone jack? I'm not too concerned about it. I haven't really used the one on my s9 plus too okay. often okay. and i have bluetooth i have a couple pairs of bluetooth earbuds these days word so yeah i'd like one but yeah it's not a deal breaker 
So the Samsung software features, you don't rely on third party. You rely on first party for um, a lot of things, and you really do like the first party stuff from Samsung. So Yeah, they're just nicely integrated is, is what kind of sells it. And honest to God, you and I would be the target market for Sony smartphones. 100%, yeah. We totally would be. I mean, like, yeah. um, I think that Sony phone is actually more interesting, honest to God, than uh, the iPhones that were released. But the thing is, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm I'm also deep into the integrate into the Apple ecosystem as well. And I, I like Apple products a lot. Um I do mm. like iOS more than Android. Um and I'm, you know, trying to learn how to make iOS apps as well. And jumping to a Sony phone like that, especially a thousand dollar Sony phone like that, I, I just can't do that. But God, it looks like such a cool device. And, you know, having experience with their mirrorless cl- cameras, I know that their camera game would be absolutely top notch the the bigger problem is that sony's phones do not support many of the frequencies that are used in the u.s so for example t-mobile uh the sony xperia does not have band 71 um so there's not going to be any volte or wi-fi calling um it supports 5G band, and this is 5G, but it supports 5G bands 1, 3, 28, 77, and 78, none of which are used by any U.S. carrier right now. Oh, that's too bad. So if you brought a Sony phone to the United States, can you use it? You could use it, but you're going to be missing a lot of it. Like, band 71 on T-Mobile is a pretty important band. What does that do? Like, Does that reduce how much speed you can get? Or it's it's important for 4G coverage. I'm assuming it would affect both coverage and speed. Um, You might still be able to get a connection through the other bands, but but without band 71, you're you're getting kind of a gimped device on T-Mobile. And I'm not really familiar with how it it might work on other carriers, but I do know that even up to until now, Sony's phones just have been kind of not targeted for the u.s and that's really what has kept me from buying one i probably would have had a sony phone for the last few years honestly if they had better support in terms of the carriers in in the u.s i wonder if they just make it for japan i mean sony has such a name in japan i wonder if they literally just make it for the japanese market because i know that they love maybe maybe the customers over there just expect there to be a phone that says sony on it oh yeah sony's like well i fine i guess we'll make one well yeah and i mean in general a a lot of japanese products that we buy are known for super high quality and this phone is super high quality maybe this is just a a product that exists exclusively for the japanese market i don't know Hmm. yeah it's a it's a bummer but i i mean there must be some reason behind it because i can't imagine I can't imagine if they were expecting to sell devices in the U.S. at any reasonable scale that they would intentionally leave out these bands. There's no reason to. So long story short, you know, obviously you're not buying a Sony phone and I'm not going to be buying a Sony phone either. And last week, as we record anyway, um, there was an Apple event, uh, one of three this fall. Uh, let's quickly look at the two things that they announced. They announced a HomePod and they announced a iPhone or multiple iPhones. And so HomePod, um, let's talk about HomePod mini later. Actually. How about that? Um, HomePod mini is interesting. Um, 
in its own right. And I think we can talk more about it later when we want to talk about smart speakers. So, um, because this year I am upgrading my phone. I have an iPhone 10. I've used it for three, for three years now. I absolutely love it. It will live on my wall of fame, uh, once it has been retired. I previously upgraded every two years and I decided to hold off for three years this time due to one, how freaking expensive the iPhone 10 was. And then um, it was easy to do. It's been three years now and it blows me away because it doesn't really feel like a three-year-old phone. It still feels new. It's almost as easy as doing nothing. It's literally as easy as doing nothing, just letting it be. <laughs> um, but letting it be it is starting to show its age a little bit. Battery life is getting bad. I Even just being at home, if it's not sitting on a wireless charger, it dies every day. Um, Crashes are becoming a little bit more frequent. That's a weird thing I'm keeping an eye on just because every so often things just slow to a crawl at really odd times. It's strange. I thought we were beyond that. There's a variety of things that are causing me to want to get a new phone, and and I saved up to buy a new phone this year, so I did. And let's talk about whatever decision I decided to go with. So multiple iPhones, there's four of them. It's the hardest decision. Apple, Apple is making it continually harder for you to make a choice. Yes. And maybe I'll just have more indecision than decision. So there's four iPhones. There's an iPhone mini, and then there's a standard iPhone 12. Uh, and then there is an identical, nearly identical iPhone 12 pro that is literally the exact same shape, like the cases, work for one and the other you can swap the cases between one and the other and that's really cool and there is an iphone 12 pro max which is a big boy just like the previous two years of big boys as well so and i have a decision to make so let's walk through whatever decision i'm coming up with okay and I've thought about this a lot. And honest to God, I only finally came up with a freaking decision last night. Like, actually, honest to God. So we were pulling back the curtains here. We were actually kind of scheduled to talk last night. And I would have had a different answer for you yesterday than I had today. Uh, <laughs> okay. We would have had to issue a retraction. Yeah, we would have. And we still might because who knows, man. I, I'm a wild card. Um, this is a volatile situation. That's right. I overthink everything and I might overthink this again. And um, I don't know. I, I, was, I wasn't completely firm in my thought process last night. And so I looked it up again. And so let's go through all four phones and I'll tell you what I bought. Okay, let's start from the top. Let's start with a Pro Max, and I'm just going to rule that one out from the freaking start because it's too big, man. It's too what's, big. What's the size? What's the physical size of that thing? It is uh, a 6.7-inch display, and uh, okay. part of it's it is... rather enormous. It's it's enormous. Um, I bought a mirrorless camera earlier this year. I love that thing. I have analyzed the hell out of all the photos I have taken on this camera, and I can tell the difference between a professional-grade photo and a cell phone photo like watching the the uh presentation that apple did this last week it was impressive but every single photo looked like a cell phone photo to me well it's currently a physical limitation because you need to have depth with the lenses to be able to capture things the way that professional cameras do so exactly. that's just really a physical limitation of the oh devices. exactly exactly and that's and you know that's gonna be something that we can't really get around for a long time mm. i'm not going to use my phone to replace my mirrorless camera i love my mirrorless camera 
I'm going to take some great photos over the course of next year with it. And I'm not, and I'm going to take some great photos with my iPhone as well, but it is not going to be the thing that I take that takes the absolute best photos I take this next year. So, so moving to the 12 standard, the 12 standard swaps out the stainless steel with aluminum. And, you know, we talked about this in the Apple watch section. Um, the difference in price isn't nearly as dramatic. Um, the baseline 12 is $200 less than the baseline pro. The baseline pro has more storage though. So, you know, it's roughly about $150 less. The standard does have a 64 gigabyte baseline though. And that is annoying. Very reference our previous episode. Man, what episode was that even? It might've been even last year's Apple event. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Where we were talking maybe. about the storage on the, on those and complaining about it then. Yeah, so 64 gigabytes is is worse this year than it was last year. So lastly is the Mini, and this is the most exciting device of the launch. By far, bar none, the most exciting. We've seen a Pro Max before. We've seen that before. Or in the standard, the 12 standard and the 12 Pro are, are nice, but we've also seen that before. The Mini is amazing. It's the first phone in this era to go down in size um and i think it's just so cool it's 5.4 inch display instead of a 5.8 and it's also super light it's actually as light as the original iphone from 2007 it's super light it's tiny it's absolutely that's very cool it's between the size is so small it's between the current generation se which is an iphone 8 size and the iphone 5 it's a half step between the two devices. It's tiny. And yet it has a 5.4 inch display. It basically has the exact same size display as my iPhone 10. Yeah, the the mini is a compelling device. I think Steph would probably be interested in that one cuz she's Yeah. She doesn't like the the bigger screens we found ourselves stuck with for right. a bit. So, I made a decision and I'm going to throw this out there it all came down to battery life and the 11 last year made a huge splash in the fact that it is one of the most long lasting phones on the market, honestly. And that's really compelling to me, especially now because of the fact that my iPhone 10 actually can't last a day. And I've been hemming and hawing about this for a long time. I was thinking the mini for a long, long time, but last night I decided to order the iPhone 12 standard in black at 128 gigabytes. And the reason why I decided to do that is because over the course of the next year, I'm going to be traveling a lot. And the iPhone 12 mini Apple does a terrible job to tell you how long these devices will last in general on a battery life. But in general, what I've found is that the consensus is that the iPhone 12 mini is going to last about as long as the iPhone 10. And that's fine. You know, if, if I was sitting at a desk and going into office every single day, I, that'd be fine. But I don't know. I'm going to be traveling a lot and I'm going to be outside a lot over the course of next year because, you know, outside is the thing to do these days. And so I went with the iPhone 12 standard because of the fact that it has the same, it should have roughly the same battery life as the iPhone 11 from last year. And when I, hopefully if I disable 5G, it'll get me even better battery life. And if I no longer have to worry about battery life, that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. So... Mm-hmm. And you're still paying 200 bucks short of $1,000. So Yes, actually. That's um, very good. 
I, I, it's actually $150 less short of a thousand just because with, of the fact with the 128, right? I didn't go with 256 though. And that is because of the fact that 120 Hertz displays did not happen this year. And so I actually also went with the 12 standard and at 128 instead of the max of 256 because of the fact that I might upgrade sooner than I otherwise would have. And so I'm saving a couple dollars, not, not a ton of money by any stretch of imagination, but a couple dollars to possibly put a couple hundred, maybe a couple hundred that I would have had otherwise saved up for the 12 Pro, maybe okay. towards another uh, okay. phone next year. Okay, listeners. Now check this out. This guy over here <laughs> is not just basing his next phone purchase on his existing phone, but the following one as well. <laughs> That's like forward and backward, Time all factoring level. into a decision. Yeah. That's pro level phone purchasing right Overthinking there. Overthinking is what many people would call it. <laughs> overthinking i yeah i mean honest to god over the course of the summer i i got really frustrated with seeing all the rumors that uh high refresh rate screens were not coming to iphone this year i got really frustrated and i was like all right fine Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna get the cheapest possible iphone because i'm just gonna you know sell that at the end of the year and buy a different one the following year because the fact that i want high resolution displays that's what i wanted i would have lasted probably three four years with this device uh, but I'm I'm not going to keep this thing for very long because the second I can get a high re- refresh iPhone, I probably will. I don't know, man. It sounds it really sounds to me like you should be getting an Xperia One Mark II. <laughs> that <laughs> would be a wild world to live in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a wild world to live in. So, uh, overarching thoughts. Did you want to sum up anything? Uh, for your iPhones. I think it looks really cool. I'm really happy to see the iPhone 5 design come back again. And I'm looking forward to seeing this phone against the backdrop of the iPhone 5. See them next to each other, compare them to. Um, that's the that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. That's what I've been the most excited about all year long. And I'm excited to finally get it. I'm pissed mm-hmm. that it doesn't have high refresh rate. But, you know, it is what it is. The iPhone 12s will have high refresh rate and that'll be that. So Yeah, I uh, really do like the iPhone 4, iPhone 5 aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So the the mini looks really, really nice, which is, I also think the Xperia uh, 1 Mark II shares a little bit of that aesthetic, which yeah. is why I like it so much. Right, right. So that's my overarching thoughts and closing out this episode. What are your picks? What do you got? We're doing speed picks today. Speed picks. So <clears throat> mine is, uh, it's The Boys, which is a uh, series exclusive, unfortunately, to Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's based mm-hmm. on a graphic novel, I believe. Um, and uh, so side note, I don't really care for Amazon Prime Video's apps much at all, but it does have some good content. Yeah. The Boys included. So season two just released in early September, and I just finished it. And it's phenomenal. Uh, it's rather graphic, but it's an incredible show. It's got some action, dark humor, uh, complex characters, and it really plays off traditional superheroes in really fun ways. Um, it, it's got some pretty obvious nods to the Avengers and things like that mm. and Justice League. Season one was great. Season two turns it up to like 10.5. 
season three will probably skip 11 entirely and turn it up to 12. <laughs> nice. I'm excited. And and it has Carl Urban. So I actually don't I should know have who Carl with Urban is. I'm you sorry. Man, Carl <laughs> Urban's he's fantastic. Oh, he no. was uh, he was in the Dread reboot. Judge Dread. Uh, yes. Great dude. Yeah. So the boys is is great. There's two seasons right now full of some awesome awesome uh, acting and characters. When does the third come up? Uh, well, season two just came out, so I would expect season three late next year. Got it. Okay. You're actually the second person uh, in the weekend to recommend the boys to me, so that's uh, duly noted. Mm-hmm. And good to know. I'll share it's it. good. I'll share a trailer in the show notes. Okay. My pick to close this out, I'm going to share a story. Um, but first, I'm going to recommend Tile Trackers. So uh, you've heard of Tile Trackers, and Apple eventually will have a competitor to Tile, and I'm curious to see how exactly Tile evolves as a result of that. But um, Tile Trackers is a popular old device that you can get. You can put them. Um, it's a key keychain thing that has a little Bluetooth bat or a little battery and a Bluetooth thing in it, and you can open up the app whenever you lost your keys, and you can walk around the house and say, "Where are you keys? Where are your keys?" And it'll start buzzing and making noises and whatnot, and you can find your keys that way. It's a great way to find things that you've lost, and you can put them on almost anything. Um, I uh, have uh, a tile tracker in my wallet actually, and exact same thing lost my wallet around my house and i can go walk around my house and i can uh find it Uh, another cool thing is that i think that if you subscribe to the tile uh premium service that uh, all the other tile trackers out there in the world um when the app is open it can be looking for bluetooth signals from different tiles and if you say lost your wallet at the mall in a world in which people go to the mall these days um, you know, someone walks by your wallet and uh, the phone sees it. It says, oh, hey, this was in the mall. Um, and then in which case you can go look and it'll say the last known location for your wallet was the mall. It's a pretty cool little thing. Um, and so That's like such a, a crazy thing, like crowdsourcing yeah. lost wallets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Apple actually does that with, um, with uh, their MacBooks and I think with iPhones as well. Basically, uh, it's when it, even if it's not connected to a cellular connection or if it's not connected to a Wi Fi connection, it p- constantly sends out a Bluetooth beacon to all other Apple devices around the world. And whenever an Apple device sees that Bluetooth beacon, it says, oh, hey, this device was identified here and it was identified here at this time. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, Tile does a good job with it. Um, as so far as I'm aware, and I know Apple does a good job with it as well. Now, I also put a tile tracker on my cat. (laughs) In the, on the collar, I'm guessing. On the collar, yes. You didn't like inject it? No, no. Well, uh, she does have a chip in her butt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) unfortunately that's not Bluetooth powered, which would be pretty cool um but yes i put a tile tracker on the collar of my cat so you can also get this tiny little like um nickel sized uh tracker that uh, has an adhesive back on it and you can stick that to almost anything basically and um i stuck it to the back of her name tag um so she has a little name tag on her and it, it has uh, our phone numbers and her name and then on the back of that it has a little Bluetooth tile tracker. Super cool. That cat ain't going nowhere. She looks very confused when I make the thing buzz on her on her neck. She's yeah. She fortunately doesn't like 
look scared. She just like she can't see it because she can't see her collar. You know, her eyes. Cats can't look down. And yeah, she's you know just kind of like circles around trying to get a closer look at the damn thing. And well, she can't. But you know, now I can find her whenever she gets lost. So <laughs> that's the that's yeah. the important thing. So anywho. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have a cat story to share with me, um, feel free to reach out to me on uh, Active Discourse on Twitter. Um, otherwise, if you happen to have any, you know, comments or topic suggestions, or if there's whatever. any way that you could make Brett's choice of phone this year any more difficult, please send messages <laughs> to at Active Discourse on Twitter. If you have Subaru car recommendations, please feel free to send that to me too, because I'm also considering those as well. Uh, life is life is fun these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back in November because it sounds like there's going to be another Apple event as well. So we'll probably talk about that. And we will talk about consoles at that time as well. So thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again in November. Stay safe. See you in the next one.